What's going on, guys? Welcome into the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. That's Matt. And today we're wrapping up our win totals over unders for the NFC. I know you were eager to discuss your romantic strategies with Patrick Mahomes and other quarterbacks, Matt. So I am so sorry to disappoint you on the last episode. I learned my lesson. Um, I did not prepare similar material for this for this episode. So should be good. Okay. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to get this NFC stuff behind us. I'm ready to get into positional rankings and all that other stuff we have planned. I'm ready for the season to start. I'm ready for fantasy football. It's been a long time, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's the final stretch. It's the final. <laughs> you can keep going. That's fine. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the NFC lines today, and we'll start in the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers. Their line is at 11. What do you got? 11. 11's a lot. So you are, if you're taking the over, you're hoping for a 12-win season, possibly more wins, correct? That's what we're correct. looking at. 12 and 5, 13 and 4, yep. 15. Yeah, you got. You guys get it. Um, I'm going under, going under for the Green Bay Packers. And here's the deal. It's, it's not anything I have against the Packers other than seemingly a shit show, but everybody is back for at least this last dance as they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the schedule. They face both the NFC West and the AFC North, arguably the two hardest divisions in football. So that's games against the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Rams, the Cardinals, and they play the Chiefs. By the way, they have a difficult, difficult schedule. Um, much more difficult than the Bucks, which we're going to also get into today. So, I'm taking the under. There's just too many games there. You're hoping that they split with the Vikings. They should sweep the Bears. They should sweep the Lions. I'll take one loss from the Vikings, and then they can only lose four more games out of all of those teams I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the under. I like this again. We're on opposite sides of this one. So, I also looked at their schedule. And for me, I have a hard time seeing more than five losses. I will agree that it is a tougher schedule, but this is Green Bay. This is a reigning MVP. So they have games at the Chiefs, at Baltimore, home against the Rams and Seahawks. You mentioned that, and they go to the 49ers. So they're not going to lose all those games, but I do acknowledge that they're tougher matchups for Green Bay that could help you get to six, but I just don't see it. Like you said, Aaron Jones is back. Aaron Rodgers is back. And you failed to mention that they brought in Green Bay, an NFL legend, Randall Cobb. Give me the over, Matt. Oh, yeah, he really <laughs> helped out Houston previously get to get to higher win totals. Randall Cobb is at least worth 0.01 wins on the season. So I see what you're saying. I will not bet against a pissed off Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like he is going to be motivated this year. I feel yeah. like he will have that. I would argue that every football player is motivated to play football. Green Bay is good at giving him a little extra motivation, though, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I don't know, man. It's it's tough picking against them because they're such they were such a good team. They were such a dominant offensive force last year. Yeah. There's some weaknesses in their secondary. There's some weaknesses on the offensive line. They're getting older. Um, I don't know. Taking the under. And taking the over, that's your better odds as well. That's plus 105. The under is actually negative 125, so they're favored to go under that line. FYI. All right, moving on to the Vikings. Their line is at 8.5. Uh, give me the under. I'll take the under on this as well. Eight and a half, so that's eight games. You're hoping for an eight and nine season. That's where I think they're going to end up. I think they're going to end up about eight and nine. So no more 500 football in the NFL with 17 games. I don't see them winning nine games. Give me the under. So even in a down year for Minnesota in 2020, they finished seven and nine. So the start to the season killed any shot these guys had uh, going one and five out of the gate. In 2021, they opened against the Bengals, Cardinals, Seahawks, 
Browns, Lions, and Panthers. They should come out of that no worse than three and three, which is what I'm projecting. And that's great compared to last season. So my issue, though, is with the rest of the schedule. They need six more wins to get this over, and I just don't see that happening with games against Dallas, Baltimore, the Chargers, two against Green Bay, the Steelers, Rams, two against the Bears. So I'm going with the under, despite the two UCLA studs that those guys have at linebacker. (laughs) All right, next is Bears, 7.5. Oh, man, this is going to be the uh, rare instance where I go under in an entire division. 7.5, I'm going to go over. I'm going to I'm gonna go over. That defense is good. Uh, I think the coaching staff has nothing to lose. I just went under on both other on the Vikings and the Packers, and I'm going to go under on the Lions too. I can't see myself going under on all four teams in a division. I think Justin Fields is going to bring a spark. I think if he, you know, Dalton hopefully placates for a couple of weeks, they have a little bit of a tough schedule to open up. Um, and I think week two, week three, they have an easy matchup. Throw Fields in there. Let him hopefully be a rookie of the year candidate, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But they have a solid run game, wide receiver weapons, and Mooney and Robinson. Then their defense has played well year in and year out. So I think they're going to go. I think they're going to win eight games. So I think that's where they need to be. I like it. I like it. Again, though, I'm going the other way here, Matt. I despise. I despise how good lines makers are. You have to make tough decisions with a lot of these lines, and the Bears are no different. Their schedule has matchups against the Rams, Browns, Bucks. 49ers, Ravens, Seahawks, Cardinals, and then obviously you have the divisional matchups against Green Bay, Minnesota, and Detroit. So it's difficult finding a sure thing for the over when you can get two from Detroit, a split with Minnesota. We'll call Las Vegas a win, the Bengals, the Giants, and maybe Pittsburgh if they are what we think they are. So that's six with a possible. Any Spades players? Any Spades players out there? So I'm taking the under. I just want to see uh, Justin Fields from the jump, but all indications from Matt Nagy point to him being eased in with uh, Andy Dalton starting the season under center, unfortunately. Eased in, as in he's going to sit for one week, and then (laughs) Dalton's going to get blown out. What's their first game? They play the Rams. Difficult matchup. Week two, they play the Bengals, though. So pretty easy. So it's one difficult matchup. I could see... The Rams defense putting Andy Dalton in a bind and fills us in by week two. They Then they play the Browns. That's tough. But then they go Lions, Raiders. Is that Lions game a home game? It is. I think Fields could be in sooner or later. We'll see what happens. See what happens. That's what I would bet. I would bet Detroit at home for his mm-hmm. first game. All right. Next up is the Lions. Their line's at five. So it's the lowest line in the NFC, right? It's the lowest win total that I saw in the NFC. I believe so. Taking the under... It's just, what is their offense going to look like? So it's Goff throwing the ball to some Jags. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to get in trouble at some point for using this terminology. That's not patented. All right, well, just a bunch of guys. I don't see it. I don't see anyone more than five games. Again, just like the problem, the rest of the division is they play the AFC North, they play the NFC West, yeah. and they play some of the harder teams in their own division. It's a difficult path for NFC North teams this year. I'll take the under here as well. Yep. Detroit opens up against San Francisco at Green Bay. They get Baltimore at home at Chicago and then at the Vikings. So that looks tough on paper and it looks a lot like an 0 5 start to me. I'm not going to go through their entire schedule, but as far as winnable matchups for this team, they get the Bengals in week six. And then your Eagles in week eight. And that's about it. That's about it. So give me the under. I will take the over on five kneecaps bitten, though. So give me that one. Oh, yeah. We betting on that? Prop bets. We have prop bets going yet? We have prop bets on kneecaps being ripped out. All right. That's the North. Let's go ahead and move to the NFC South. First team here is the Bucks. Their line is set at 11.5, Matt. 
So again, 11.5, 11 with the Packers, you're, you're taking the 12 and five season. The difference here is their schedule is significantly easier, in my opinion, than the Packers schedule. Their own division is pretty weak. Honestly, we can, we'll talk about the Saints here in a second, but uh, <laughs> I'm taking the over for the reigning Super Bowl champions. So from Super Bowl champs in 2020 to one of the easiest projected schedules in the league in 2021 makes no sense but that's just how uh it lines up for them tampa bay plays against the nfc east and the afc east this season and also has matchups with the bears the rams and the colts so taking the over means the bucks can only lose five games so we can give them a split with the saints which seems fair given the new orleans sweep last year a loss to either the rams or the colts I think they can probably beat both of them, but we'll, we'll give them one there. And then one loss from each of their cross-divisional matchups with the NFC and AFC East. So that's four, and we're being generous. So easy over. I'm going to go ahead and put my money on the GOAT here. Yeah, because for NFC East, you're looking at Cowboys are talents enough, but are they going to beat them in week one? I doubt it. And then, because we're not sure, Cooper's banged up. Derek's no Eagles, up. no Giants. Giants, maybe the red football team. The football team is the one I would say is a possible. Yes. And then for the AFC, the Bills, right? Bills are possible. Buffalo is, is the possible, yeah. It's possible. So maybe Belichick in New uh, England. All the emotions on the line. <laughs> Tampa's returning every starter. I know. And they it's brought insane. some guys in. So, I mean, it's it's insane. It's Belichick. You can't count him out. But come Brady's going to go on a 17-0 season, win another Super Bowl, and then retire with like the perfect greatest season of all time. It's going to happen. All right, moving on to the Saints. Their line's at nine and a half. Woo! So you're open for 10 and seven if you're taking the over. If you're taking the over. And I know Tony's taking the over. Because if you heard episode 83, he predicted the Saints to beat every AFC team that they face um, <laughs> this year. I am taking the under. I understand that it's Sean Payton and you have a lot of you have a lot of faith in the Saints. They they have been perennial contenders in the NFC for the last 10 plus years. However, Drew Brees is no longer there. Michael Thomas is likely to miss a month, maybe longer. What is this team going to look like with Taysom Hill and or Jameis Winston throwing the ball? Who knows which one? And who are they going to be throwing it to? Traquan Smith and some other guys. I don't see it. I see them coming off to a rough start until they get things figured out. And even after that point, I don't know that it's going to get better. Give me the under. Uh, you haven't heard of Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris. Hey, draft him in draft him in round one this year, Tony. <laughs> draft all of those guys with your first three picks, and then we'll uh, see how you do in the fifty-eight West King. Uh, I fell victim to drafting Michael Thomas early last year in a couple leagues. That didn't work out so well, so I'll pass. But last year, with a limited Drew Brees, an injured Michael Thomas, and Taysom Hill filling in, New Orleans still managed twelve wins. Twelve wins. Sure, they get one extra game in twenty twenty-one to try and get to ten to give us this over. Seems too easy. Uh, for a guy like Sean Payton and company, looking at their schedule, they have four matchups against the Panthers and Falcons. They get the Giants, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Eagles. So that's nine winnable matchups that I believe that they'll be favored in. That leaves eight other games where they just have to win one or two games to deliver on this over. So sign me up and I will not tolerate any of your Taysom Hill blasphemy. We don't even. OK, here's a blasphemy for Taysom Hill. He did so well last year with little tape and little little defense preparation for him, number one. Number two, he hasn't even been named the week one starter yet. We're about to start preseason games, and he we're not even sure if he's going to be on the field under center. I think he has to start without Michael Thomas. That's one less weapon for Jameis Winston. With Taysom Hill, you get to add that rushing element. I'd lean Taysom Hill right now, but I know the decision's yet to be made, at least publicly. At least publicly. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I haven't been looking at a whole lot of Saints press. We need to put a side bet on the Saints over under as separate from all of the other. <laughs> I am down. If you, you want to lose another bet, I'm no, down. No, no. You I'm know down. more about football than me, Tony. So I'm the color commentator. All right. Falcons, their lines at seven. Falcons at seven. Eight 
nine. So I've been flip flopping this back and forth because I do think they're what's our what was the record last year? Six and ten, four and twelve, four and twelve. Ooh, so you're open for a four win. Oh man, I don't mm-hmm. know Julio, rookie tight end. Yeah, they lost they their still, center. They got Mike Davis. <laughs> <laughs> they got Calvin Ridley. I think Arthur Smith is going to be a candidate for coach of the year this year. I think the defense will get better. I'm taking the over. I'm betting on Matt Ryan, betting on Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm betting on – we're, we're, four, we're four years removed from the Falcons not blowing a 28-3 to in an alternate universe winning a Super Bowl, and yeah. the roster hasn't degraded that much. Take the over. Let's go. Okay. This is another one. We're not going to be the same on here, but these guys <laughs> – as we mentioned, we're four and twelve last season. Uh, Dan Quinn is out. Arthur Smith is in. So new system for Matt Ryan without Julio Jones. He got traded to Tennessee. The Falcons also lost Alex Mack. That was their best offensive lineman who signed with the 49ers this offseason. And PFF has their line ranked 24th going into the 2021 season. So I don't like that. At running back, they brought in Corderell Patterson, and you mentioned Mike Davis. Uh, Davis was serviceable in Carolina last year, but he's a 28-year-old back playing on his fourth team. So how effective will uh, he be and how long can he last? Their defense also wasn't good, ranking near the bottom of the league in 2020. Not sure how many improvements they're going to be able to make in that area. So all concerns I have and the reason why I'm going with the under on the Falcons. How dare you? Also, I think it's it's underlooked how much of a how much of a shit show morale was in Atlanta last year. Mm. Uh, similar to the Eagles, although spoiler, I'm not giving the Eagles the over. But I really do believe in Arthur Smith. I, I believe in Matt Ryan, and I believe that offense can some, put some points up on the board this year. So yeah, I think he struggled in the past. Matt Ryan has the first year in a new offense, which makes I think sense. That's, that's why we've seen like a kind of an alternate thing, right? Like he has a great year, he has a down year, he has a great year, he has a down year, up very up and down. I do like. Arthur Smith and I like what he did in Tennessee. Not sure if they can they can translate that to success in Atlanta, but I am optimistic. I'm just not eight wins optimistic. That's all. Fair enough. Six or seven. I can see it. I can see it. All right, moving on to Carolina. Their lines at seven and a half. You have to have the under here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although it makes you think, right? Why is it at seven and a half? Are we believing the Darnold hype? Is that what we're believing? Someone believes it. Is that much more of an upgrade over Teddy Two Gloves? Are we <laughs> Are we believing that uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to stay healthy for a 17-game season? I don't see it. I'll take the under. Easily under. Yeah, under for me. And if you look at the odds, uh, they're favored. It's neg 130 for the under, and then they're at plus 110 for the over. So I don't see Darnold as an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. I, I just don't. They've got games against the AFC East and the NFC East. They also get Arizona, Minnesota, and Houston, which is winnable. Uh, I see this, though, as a six-win team, maybe seven at best if things go their way. I don't believe in Sam Darnold. If you listen to the show, you'll know I am a faithful UCLA fan, so I'm obligated to to throw shade at Sam Darnold, Pete Carroll, any any opportunity I get. Understandable. You're also an Adam Gase fan, and you hate that Adam Gase gets blamed for the Sam Darnold. That is a damn lie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving to the NFC East with the Cowboys, their line sitting at nine and a half games. What do you got? Oh, this hurts. This hurts so bad. <laughs> Predicting health out of this team. So if I predict health out of this team, I have to take the over. They're just too stacked offensively to not be in almost every single game from that standpoint. And I think they made enough additions defensively to where they can say, hey, defense, try not to give up more than 29 points and we'll score 30 or more. <laughs> and and as Crazy as that sounds, I, I legitimately think that that's a game plan that they can run with this year. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's tough because I, I 
think the football team can win the division, but that's all on the shoulders of Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's a whole different thing. I think definitely it's a two-team race in the NFC East. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to myself as an Eagles fan, think we have a chance. <laughs> um, so I'll take the over. I'll take I'll take the over for the Cowboys. So I, wasn't that their plan last year? Just play good offense and hope the defense can do enough. How'd that work out for him before Dak went down? Again, I said I'm predicting injury. I love that we are on the opposite side of a lot of these matchups because <laughs> I'm on the under here for Dallas. Uh, they're likely starting the season 0-2, and, and I get that Dak is returning, and the team with Dak under center can win five to six of the seven matchups they have following the Bucks and Chargers if you're looking at their schedule. Uh, they go against the Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Pats, Vikings, Broncos, and Falcons, so we'll give them five as they're still not a complete team, right? That defense is just isn't there yet. But after the aforementioned games, Dallas would need to go five times. So need five wins to hit this over. And in the second half, they get the Chiefs, the Saints, which I know you're down on them. And then also the football team twice. So I don't like their defense and I don't like Mike McCarthy. That's well documented. So I do, however, like the under and that's where I'm going with this one. You think that the Cowboys are for sure going to lose to the Chargers? You think that's like a a well-known fact? I am a huge fan and supporter of Brandon Staley. I think that defense is always great on paper, but I'm hoping the success he had with the Rams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and a bunch of guys, right? I hope that translates to success with what he has in, in, uh, I want to say San Diego, in LA uh, with the Chargers. So that's just me having more faith in Brandon Staley and what he's done as a defensive coordinator versus Mike McCarthy and his entire track record. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And also with the line there, the over are the worst odds. So plus 110 if you're taking the over for Dallas and then neg 130 if you're going with the under. So they are favored uh, by these lines makers uh, to, to go under. Yeah, correct. I love that we're, again, on the opposite side of one of these lines. You get both takes. So you're welcome to the four people listening. <laughs> <laughs> Including us too. Including us too. All right. Football team. Eight. Over. Taking the over. All right. All right. Taking the over. Something special is happening there, man. Ron Rivera, I, although special is in not getting vaccinated, there's that. They have like one of the lowest vaccination rates. <laughs> so that could derail the whole over, could be screwed with a couple of forfeits. So maybe this is dangerous territory. But Ron Rivera, I love the offensive weapons that they have. Um, I think that they get an upgraded quarterback with Fitzpatrick. I think he's still got a little bit more Fitz magic in him to put one more good season up on the board. Um, and that defense is young and it is talented. It yep. is fast. It is hard hitting. It's everything you want to see in a defense. Um, possibly one of the mo- mo- most talented defenses in the league, um, especially with that front front line. So, uh, yeah, give me the over. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know he's older. He is an upgrade, though. I think we all agree on that over Alex Smith and then the carousel that the football team had at quarterback last season. The defense will still be good. You mentioned that. The run game will still be good with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. And the receiving core got an upgrade, I believe, with Curtis Samuel and then drafting Dami Brown, joining Terry McLaurin, and then we'll head and throw Logan Thomas in there as a pass catcher. Uh, this team can sweep both the Giants and Eagles. I think we probably agree on that. I think they'll split with Dallas at worst, and that puts them at five wins. So all they would need is four more. And as far as winnable matchups, they have the Raiders, the Panthers, the Broncos, Falcons, Chargers on their schedule. They've also got the Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, Saints, and Bills. So I don't feel great about those matchups, but a team built like Washington, you know, they can play good defense, control the clock running the ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled out one or two wins from that ladder group as well. So give me the over. I think they'll get it easy. And I think I have them, I have them winning the division uh, in 2021 as well. We agree on something, Matt. We do. Although the Curtis Samuel thing's tricky is because it? we consider him an upgrade because of how good he did last year, which is was his first year not under Ron Rivera. <laughs> 
And now he's back with who else did Washington have? You're right. He's definitely an upgrade. Give me a gadget player. Give me Deami Brown. He's an upgrade for sure. Guys, so. I just hopefully Ron Rivera can use him more proper than he had previously. <laughs> Rivera and Turner have tape of him being sure. used in the way he should be used. So maybe That's they true. watch that this year and it changes. Who knows? Who knows? Riverboat Ron. Next up are the Giants. Their lines at seven. Under. Under for the Giants. Okay. okay. Defense is ascending. I think they're an ascending team. I think they have a lot of offensive weapons. I think their big goal of this year is to say, hey, is Daniel Jones the guy? Right. We got to figure this out at some point. Is he the guy? If not, we can move on. Um, they surrounded him with offensive weapons. Probably too many offensive weapons account. It's going to be interesting to see how they use them. Uh, say quantity stays healthy. is going to be a force. Their biggest issues, though, are is a defense that can give up big plays at times. And then most importantly, one of the worst offensive lines in football. It's bad. Yeah. PFF has it ranked, I believe, as their 32nd ranked offensive line. So I don't think they're going to have the worst record in the division. Spoiler, it's probably going to be the Eagles, but I don't oh. see them winning more than seven games. So give me the end. All right. The Giants get the AFC West, the NFC North, and then the Rams, Bears, and Dolphins. They signed Kenny Galladay. Saquon Barkley is going to be back at some point. But last time I checked, it was still Daniel Jones under center and Jason Garrett calling plays. Uh, excuse me, coach calling plays. So you're looking for eight wins here for the over, but who are they going to beat? Not Tampa, not Kansas City, not the Saints, not the Rams. Uh, the Chargers, Bears, the football team, and Falcons are all going to offer tough competition. So that doesn't leave you with much margin for error if they do pull out some of those games. Count me out. I'm going under. Woo! Last one here in this division, your Philadelphia Eagles. Their line's at seven. My Philadelphia Eagles today. Today's today. Today. We are recording August 10th. <laughs> 2021 of our Lord and Savior, um, Jalen Hurts. Uh, hopefully he stays quarterback. If he does, I'll stay an Eagles fan. If not, I'll be moving on if they pick up Watson. That's We heard plenty of that on the AFC preview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's their, what's their over-under this, this, this year? Seven. Seven's the line. Yeah. It's under. It's an easy under for me. There's just too many questions. Best case scenario for them. See, their best case and worst case scenarios are Jalen Hurts tears it up and they win. But even that, or better case scenario for them, Jalen Hurts is hot garbage and they get a top three pick. That's where they're looking at. So I just don't see them. New coaching staff, completely new. Co everybody, offense, quarter, defense, everybody. Sirianni's over. Everybody is new. The wide receivers are young, super young, two rookies, back-to-back -back years. Uh, they're fast, but you know we'll see what happens. Offensive line should be healthy. The defense is sneakily good, so I think there's mm -hmm. going to be some wins built in because the defense should be able to do some things, but I just don't see them winning seven games. So where are the wins going in this division, Matt? The Cowboys. No, at least eight of them are going right here to the Philadelphia Eagles. You'll be glad to hear that I'm taking the over. Ooh. They're not going to fly, but I believe that they can fall with a little bit of style. So again, the NFC East gets the NFC South and the AFC West in 2021. And then the Eagles add games against the 49ers, the Lions, and the Jets. You like two of those matchups. They swept the football team in 2020, but I'll concede that Washington is better off with some Fitz game management this year. Uh, I've got the Eagles sweeping the Giants, splitting with Dallas, beating the Jets and Lions, mentioned that, which gets us to five. Their matchups with the Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Panthers, and Falcons are all games that could swing to Philly, and they'd only need three of them, right? So we've seen the impact rushing quarterbacks can have with RG3, right, in Washington a couple years ago, Kaepernick in San Francisco, and then obviously Lamar still in Baltimore. Hurts could be that this season for Philly, so that's why I'm taking the over. I'm taking a little bit of risk here because the better odds are on the under. Uh, last thing, through nine practices, 
at the time of me recording my notes, I think they've had a couple more, but through nine practices, Jalen is passing for over 70% against that decent defense you mentioned, right? They're playing against the one. So even if that's inflated because it's practice reps, I think it's still huge considering he was in the 50, I think 52% uh, range for completion percentage in that small sample size we got in 2020. So yeah, I'm going with the over for Philly. I want you to be so right. <laughs> they only need eight. I will happily be wrong. They don't have to win the division. They just need eight wins. An eight and nine season, right? From a team that has this year's Kaepernick, Lamar, RG3. It's that's possible. My, that's it's my possible. Point. We've seen this team tank before. Like they obviously tanked in week 17 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what does an eight and nine season do for them? It screws them. It does not help them out at all. That's why it's like, as an Eagles fan, as an organization, you have to hope that Jalen Hurts is good enough to get you what maybe to the playoffs and bounce in the first round, yeah. or the team is a shit show and you have a top top three pick next year. I, I just I really want you to be right. I'm just tempering expectations for it's myself. a new staff in. They're going to be hungry. You know, maybe the Peterson regime was a little complacent, right? Just doing what ownership, what upper management wanted them to do to keep his job. So I'm all, I'm also viewing that swinging in our direction, your direction as a Philly fan. All right. So, I, I like it. I enjoy know, it. So taking the over there. I like it. Last division is the NFC West. We'll go ahead and start with the Rams. Their line is at 10 and a half. So 11 wins is what we need here. 11 wins. You go first. You're the resident Rams fan. Let me see what you have to say. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah. Switch nice. it up. How about you nice. go first for the rest of the NFC West teams? Okay. I like this. I like that. You're a gentleman. All right. So going in. To week nine this season, when the Rams face the Titans at home, LA is going to be six and two or seven and one. If you take a look at their schedule and what they are on paper, they open with games against the Bears, Colts, Bucks, Arizona, Seattle, the Giants, Detroit, Houston. A lot of winnable matchups there. A lot of winnable matchups. Assuming the lower end and they get six in that stretch, we need five more for the over. The second half includes games against the Vikings, Seattle, Arizona the Jaguars, and then two against the 49ers. If you've listened to us talk about Jared Goff before, you'll know we all agreed he was holding back that offense and that team. Enter Matthew Stafford, a beyond capable quarterback that Sean McVay won't have to tell who to throw the ball to at all times. All this to say I'm fully in on the Rams offense taking a step forward despite losing Cam Akers. I believe they can make it work without him. They did last year before he kind of came in and took the bulk of the carries towards the end of the season. So go ahead and give me that over. 11 wins. I'm taking the over as well. The Rams are my pick to win the division. Um, they're also my dark horse team to challenge for NFC supremacy this year. I like it. Can you bet against Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Sean McVay's offense with a capable quarterback who's not a one-read quarterback? That's the key. That's a key addition to Stafford, honestly. Yep. Um, he's got great great offensive weapons, including the fastest guy I've ever seen, Tutu Atwell. <laughs> also the tiniest. He's, he's pretty small. He's a small yeah. guy. Small guys work out in the NFL sometimes. Sometimes. That's Darren Sproles. All right, so we're both on the over there. Uh, moving on to the 49ers. Their line's at 10. So San Fran finished last year 6-10. and 10. Injuries were the name of the game for the 49ers in 2020, especially quarterback. At the moment, Shanahan has Jimmy Garoppolo, who appears to be healthy, still on the roster, and also rookie Trey Lance. If Jimmy G starts the season under center, he certainly isn't finishing there, given the price the 49ers paid for Lance. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk all return healthy, and then Trey Sermon also joins Raheem Mostert in that backfield. I believe these guys are primed for a return to the 2019 version of the 49ers, and looking at their schedule, they open against the Lions and Eagles before playing Green Bay, so that's 2-1. and one. They also add games against the Bears, Colts, Jaguars, Vikings, Bengals, Falcons, Texans, and then again, their divisional matchups with the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. So I'm projecting a split in division games, which gives us 11 to 12 games 
the 49ers should, or at least have a good shot at winning uh, if these guys are able to stay even remotely healthy. So I'm on board. I got at least 11 wins. What do you got? Agreed. I also have the over on the Niners, despite it's not quarterback drama. It's not the right word for it. They have an overabundance. The changing of the guard is what it changing is. Changing the guard. I I think they're going to obviously make the move to Trey Lance. It's not a matter of if it's when we know that. Yeah. I think it's going to take longer than expected. Cause I do think Jimmy G is going to ha- have a decent start to the year. Uh, and Trey Lance has played very little football. Like he's good. Mm-hmm. He's shown great things, but he's played very little football against even less competition uh, mm-hmm. in college. So I, we'll see if they, it would be smart for them. The best thing for Trey Lance. And I think for the Niners as a whole is to maybe spend half of the season on the pine. So we'll see what happens. So, I agree. All right, next up is Seattle. Their line's at 10. I really like watching Russell Wilson play. He's a smart quarterback, smart football player. He's efficient, and he can score at will through the air. The problem is that Pete Carroll wants to establish the run, and he'll go to great lengths to ensure their running ball to include losing football games. Last season, the Seahawks opened the season with their foot on the gas pedal, and Russ was a top, probably the leading MVP candidate, right? That was until they lost a couple of close games and Pete Carroll shifted gears uh, and shifted the team's philosophy. After week nine, Wilson failed to clear 300 yards through the air and even fell below 200 yards passing on three occasions, which is insane considering the first half he had, the start that he was off to. So that's concerning for me because this isn't the same team that won a Super Bowl years ago with an outstanding defense, right? Most of those guys are gone, but that defense allowed them to run the ball and keep the possessions low, keep the score low. So I'm taking the under as a UCLA fan, as a Rams fan, and then just a football fan in general. What do you got? You forgot one key piece of information while you're running down the Seahawks season. Okay. And that is new OC, Shane Waldron, coming in. I think he's going to restore some balance to the force. I think that they – this is the first time they've had a new offensive coordinator since 2017. So in four years, they've been doing this for four years and exactly what your complaints are right now. And they realized, hey – Maybe it's time to switch things up. Maybe Pete Carroll's going to let go of the reins a little bit and let a new offensive coordinator come in. Um, Russ has been interviewed at practices. Uh, he's commented about how complex this offense offense is, and it's the most complex he's seen since 2017. Um, so, I, And they added a little bit of offensive line depth to help Russ not be running for his life every five seconds. I think if you give Russell Wilson more protection up front and you get an offensive coordinator that's going to be more likely to help him go after short intermediate throws, not the big play every time. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this team's going to take a step forward offensively. Um, and I do have them winning more than 10 games. So I will take the over. So we don't have to debate this. I want to debate something else with you, but Pete Carroll was very vocal, very adamant about running the ball more. And that is why Schottenheimer obviously is out. They're bringing in Shane Waldron. So you're hoping that works out. But the bigger thing for me is you're taking three overs so far. Is Arizona going to lose like 13 games? What's going on here, Matt? I see what I see, man. You never know what's going to happen. I don't know if I have three overs in other divisions, but I do have three unders in some divisions. I think two. I have three unders in the NFC North, don't I? What's the what's the Cardinals over under? Eight. I have them at under. I have regression coming from the Cardinals. That's fair. All right, last team here in this division, last team we'll talk about is the Arizona Cardinals. Their line is at eight. And this is a team that was sitting at six and three going into a matchup with the Seahawks last season when Kyler Murray got banged up. I believe it was a shoulder. That affected the Cardinals for much of the second half of 2020. Took them a while to get right. This season, the Cardinals have matchups against the Vikings, Jaguars, Houston, Carolina, Detroit, Dallas, and Chicago. So seven games Arizona can and should win if Kyler is right, which all indications are that he is. 
that leaves 10 other matchups on their schedule for them to win and plenty of margin for error to hit the over and get to nine games. That's it. They just need nine games. So I've got the over on this one. There's no way you have four overs. Not There's possible. no way I have four overs in the same division. Boiler alert. The <laughs> NFC West is probably the strongest division in all of football. Give me the over. I'll take the over. You talk you me into it, you crazy bastard. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it's it's nine games, man. I'm probably going to be wrong on either the Seahawks or the 49ers, so I'm okay that I'll be right here. Yeah, I, Cliff Kingsbury and company, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins still, that the offense should be Chase Edmonds, James Conner. Things going to be interesting from a running back perspective, although it's probably going to be the same, if not an upgrade over Kenyon Drake last year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, their defense should be good. They, that rookie linebacker is going to get better. Simmons, is this his last name? Yeah. So I will take the over for them as well. I'll take four overs. I like that. That is bold. That's bold, my friend. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for bold takes. So we had, I believe, three over under her lines that we were opposing on in the AFC. Do you Correct. know how many we have for the NFC? I'm guessing 10. That's a little high. That's a little high. Let me count these up. We got Green Bay, Chicago, the Saints, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Eagles, and Dallas. So we have seven. So we'll have 10 we'll have to keep track of. In the last episode, uh, you kind of hinted at a bet. So are we going to do this? We're going to make this official? I think we're going to do this. I, we need to have a tiebreaker. We need to establish that now because it's 10. There's a chance that you get five right and then I get five right. A 40-yard dash time. Ooh. Are your hamstrings healthy? That's a tiebreaker? All right. I can't run. I can't run right now and it's been a week. Okay. All right. That's the tiebreaker. So I have a suggestion for the bet. You ready? I'm ready for it. All right. Nate, this one's going to sound familiar. Loser of this bet is going to film himself taking a shot of fireball with a tablespoon. So a nice blob of mayonnaise mixed in. So get that all liquid, get it mixed in with the fireball. And then you're going to post that to social media, describing how it tastes, how the texture was going down, all that good stuff. How does that sound? Am I allowed to chase it? You can chase it with whatever you want. More fireball, is that it? Or more mayonnaise? What what are you chasing it with? I don't know. Something that's going to keep me from throwing up. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I'm not worried about it because I believe in my football analysis over the last two episodes. I think I'm going to win this bet. All right. That's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. And please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. And then also over on YouTube. So we're throwing the audio up over there as well for your listening pleasure. I have that linked in the show notes. So go ahead and click on that. Closing thoughts, Matt? I can't wait for football season to start, man. It cannot get here soon enough. They got rid of one of the preseason games. Let's go. Let's, Let's get into it. Absolutely. All right. For Matt, for the entire production team here at the 58 West King headquarters. Thank you guys. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Yeah. Thank you. Production team, the 58 West King headquarters. You yourself and you. <laughs> Adios. Muchachos.